Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 39, I am Matt O'Leary, and I am joined by Mitch Anderson. And Mitch, just like every other week, what edition are we going with for episode number 39? We are going with the first overall pick by the New York Islanders uh, in 2000. Uh, He also is the reason we don't have uh, Roberto Luongo, almost said his own name, and is a man who's still potentially being paid by the New York Islanders, even though he hasn't played since 2012. Our man, Rick DiPietro. There we go. Yay! Let's go. Um, definitely a weird career for Rick DiPietro. Can I just say that was probably like the creepiest background noise I've ever made? Like, yay! In the soft clap. That was. I, I apologize to everyone who heard that and cringed. I feel your pain. At least they didn't have to watch what I just saw. Mitch is wearing like a hood. He looks like a monk right now. <laughs> no, I, I, what is it? Is it dark helmet from Spaceballs? Yeah, you've never seen. I've never Spaceballs? seen Spaceballs, but I'm gonna agree with you. Oh my god, uh, I'm gonna send you a picture later. That's what I look like, Rick Moranis. <laughs> okay, gonna... I'll take your word for it. Uh, for, for Rick DiPietro, because this is the Rick DiPietro episode, uh, weird trajectory for his career. Definitely injury plagued, and he's been drawing a lot of comparisons to Matt Harvey in the New York sports scene because mm. both start out so strong, and then injuries kind of derail them very quickly. So uh, his name's been coming up a lot, and he does host a radio show here in New York. So I guess it is fitting that this is the Rick Pietro edition. Absolutely, I'm sending you a link to Dark Helmet right now. Oh, that's not much of a link. This random like jumble of letters. Look at that, and you'll be, oh yeah, that's Mitch right now. Dark helmet from Spaceballs. I'm just gonna Google it. See, do it. Do yourself a favor, (laughs) everyone who's listening. (laughs) Yeah, you see what I'm talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is too good. It's a big dark helmet and a guy with glasses, and that I mean that's Mitch. Yeah, it's pretty much spot on. We're gonna have to put. I'm going to screen capture you and then uh, put, it, <laughs> put it next to you. <laughs> yeah. I do it now. Yeah, So everyone will see exactly what I look like and how much my comparison is apt with Dark Helmet. For those who haven't seen Spaceballs, go out and watch it. It's a hilarious spoof on uh, Star Wars. Um, they don't have the Force. They have the Schwartz. Um, John Candy's in it. He plays a, a dog. Uh, they drive not a Millennium Falcon; it's a RV. They drive around in a big RV. I've I've heard it's of the movie. Funny. I've just never seen it. So do I get points for that? All right. No. Fair Sorry. enough. Sorry. Now that our entire audience is tuned out, let's get to the Islanders saga. <laughs> <laughs> They've gone to either watch a movie or didn't care enough to keep watching or right. listening. Uh, so we do have some short topics to get through before we get to the long one for this week. Let's start with some rumor mill stuff. Not only is Lou Lamarillo rumored to go to the Islanders, but also the potential, Mitch, of Dean Lombardi in the mix, too. Your thoughts? Um, Excited? Let's just cut to the chase. Like It, it is just a rumor. There's no... This isn't 
Chris Johnson. This isn't Elliot Friedman, B Comp. It's not Staple. It's it's no one with any sort of immediate cachet. Uh, it is, I think, it's Jimmy Murphy out of uh, Murphy's Law as his Twitter handle, Murphy's Law seventy seven or seventy four. Sorry, and he just says hearing lots of chatter that not only could Lou Lamorello be joining Lyles, but two time Stanley Cup winner and former LA Kings and Sharks GM Dean Lombardi could be joining Fold too. So, it's a rumor. I, I would. I wrote an article about it afterwards, saying that how, not how excited I am because of this is a potential. I'm just excited on on that these conversations are at least coming up. Yeah, at least we're getting some semblance of an idea of where the Islanders' ownership might be going with their evaluation. I guess maybe I just it seems there's at least where there's smoke, there's potentially fire, or not potentially there's fire. So it's not to say that. Gar Snow is done and it's over. His reign is coming to an end. It's at least that that's something that is being mulled over and considered. Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't think the one thing I'll say is I don't think it's going to be both. No. Yeah, I have a hard time with I that think one too. Realistically, I think it's going to be Lou Lamarillo coming in and either Garth being moved to uh, president of hockey operations or. Either Lou is the advisor to Garth. I don't. I definitely don't see Garth completely being out of the picture. I have a hard time seeing it, and and, and I get um, the notion that like, well, he's been here for so long that he's not going to go. He's not going to want to give up power. That's true in a way, but if his options are you're either fired or you share power, I imagine he'll be okay with sharing some power. Which is eventually going to lead to someone else consolidating power. There's going to be a power grab at some point, and I, and I believe that Garth Snow is going to be on the losing end of it. Kind of like, um, was it Rick Tockett in uh, in Arizona? He had a lot of power. He even helped John Chica get the GM job, and there was a struggle afterwards, and he got ousted. It wasn't Rick Tockett. It was the, the coach before him. Tockett's there now. God. I don't know. My memory's not ah, good. That's going to bug me. God, that's going to bug me. Either way, Rick Tockett is there now. After a power grab or a power struggle happened in Arizona, I could see the same thing happening here with the Islanders. Lou comes in, wants full power. He'll concede, you know, working relationship with Snow. But at, at a certain point, one of those guys is going to want full full control, and neither is going to get it, and there's going to be a power grab. And I could see Snow losing that battle easily. Dave Tippett was who you were trying to come up with. That's who it was. You're Thank welcome. you. Uh so close. I could, I definitely see where you're coming from in this. I really do. I, I know, I know it, any, any Islander fan wants Garth Snow out, completely out of the picture. I do. You that's do. right. We write about it on the site all the time, even though some people say that we don't write about it enough, but that's a story for another day. So that's right. I definitely don't want him out. I want him to stay here forever and ever. He's my savior. And Lord, amen. Pretty much. That's kumbaya and all that nine yards. <laughs> but I think fans are right to have this initial reaction of positivity in a small sense that there's going to be some sort of change. Because for a long time, it felt like the Islanders' owners were just going to be completely sitting on their hands and make zero change and come into next season with a similar roster and a very similar structure to the front office. But it at least with these rumors, it seems like they're not going to head into next year with a very similar outlook on the season. That's just it. So for me, the big thing here is that maybe not the big thing, but the, what what I keep seeing is is people on on Twitter just denouncing like, "Don't the rumors? They're all rumors. Don't believe them." Yeah, we get it that the rumors. We know the rumors, and we're being sucked in. But you know what? We want hope, and we're not just sitting here and cynically saying they're never going to do anything. They may very well do nothing. They may very well just stick and stay stay pat with Doug Waite and with Gar Snow. They might very well do that. There's a pretty darn good chance of that. We all realize that. But if you give us a sliver of hope, we're going to latch on to that. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. Really, I, 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 don't, I don't like seeing these things on Twitter where uh, you're falling into the rumor trap. Yeah, you know what? I am. But, you know, I've, it's been 12 years that I've wanted something, some ray of 
hope, some light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm finally potentially seeing it. Whether it's a false rumor or not, or it serves someone else's interest or not. My interest is being served, as in my hope for this franchise is being served. And that's all that I care about. And that's what everyone should care about. It's not whether the rumors are necessarily true or not, although that is an important part. It's that we're, ha- we're finally getting some glimmer of hope, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, it might be serving someone else. I don't care. It, it, it ultimately serves me because it erodes the power structure that we have right now. These rumors, whether fabricated or not, are eroding the power structure that currently exists, and that's a good thing. Right, and that's everyone's problem, it seems like, with this organization, is the power structure or lack thereof. The Any sort of change in leadership is a positive. If we could get out of this offseason with, obviously, do you want to resign Tavares? I'm not talking about on-ice mm. stuff like that, but for off the ice, if you can come in with any semblance of a change and a little bit more of a direction or bringing in someone with winning experience or winning pedigree, that changes the outlook by fans completely, I think. I And I think that's what everyone is, is latching onto. We know they're rumors. We know they're not verified. We know they're not substantiated. Although some of them are, are very well confirmed. Chris, uh, was it Chris Johnson? No, it was... Um, John Shannon, who who confirmed that the Islanders and the Maple Leafs had been talking. So that's great. That's step one in a multi-step process. But again, we're holding our hats onto the hope. It's the hope. And I get it that there's the fall from that level of hope. If, If we've reached up to cloud number eight right now, the fall is really long. It's a far drop. We get it. But we're willing to take that because at this point, we're rock bottom. It's It feels like. And so I'll, I'll take whatever hope if it just – I don't feel like I could go much lower. Even if they keep Garth, we've already been there. We were there for, for 12 years with Garth. It's not going to get any worse than that um, in, in, in so much as who's there in the chair. It could get worse in terms of results on the ice. I get Oh, that. it could definitely get worse for results on the ice, especially if they don't re-sign Tavares like, we, like I oh, God, talked yeah. about earlier in the segment. But I agree that these rumors are – a good thing. And I think it's getting blown out of proportion a little bit from the negative side or the self-proclaimed cynical. Uh, uh, I'm going to call them cynical and I think they would appreciate that I was that title. Say self-proclaimed realist. Well, sure, but I I cynical I is like what I'm going word. with. I think they would That's appreciate a good that adjective. Title. There you go. I despite what the cynical believe, I think this is actually a good thing for the Islanders. Agreed. I also see you wrote here, what about Hunter? So mm-hmm. is that a co- is that, that a combination huh? with Lou and Hunter coming in together? I th- I think so. Uh, I've, I've seen multiple people put that out there as well. Um, I wrote about it, I feel, before like before everyone. I don't like tooting my own horn, but I, th- I think I wrote it before everyone. I could be wrong. There's, maybe someone wrote it before me. Um I, I like the idea that there's, if there's one thing that the Islanders have been bad at, it's scouting and it's player development and it's talent identification. Those are all Hunter's strong, strong suits. Those are his strengths. If we can bring someone in like that and have Lou teach him the ropes of being a GM, he's already been under Lou's wing in Toronto over the last three years. If they can finalize that training and turn him from a Padawan into a full Jedi, perfect. Let's do that. You just had to throw another Star Wars reference in there. Uh, we lost our entire listenership. We went on the whole Spaceballs sidetrack, but we just went right back to the Jedi talk. Right back to it. To the originals, yeah. the OGs. <laughs> to the OGs. Um, I think that's that's a good it's a good play. And, or maybe Hunter's the one, the guy that we appoint without Lou. I'm okay with that too. Like if if we're we're seriously talking about maybe putting Chris Lamorello in that position, we could at least talk about a guy who should have been maybe not should have, but was absolutely considered for the position in Toronto. Oh yeah, no, I definitely think that's a fair. I don't even want to necessarily use the word alternative because that sounds like it, it would be like you're missing out on Lou Lamorello. And yes, I I'm not disrespecting anything from Lou Lamorello, but I think Islanders fans would be no, no. satisfied with anything remotely close to a change. And I think that's definitely bringing in a guy like Hunter would definitely be a positive change. Maybe not to the same extent that a guy like Lou would have due to his championship pedigree, but still a positive change and a step in the right direction. 
That's right. I, I, I totally agree. And I think even there's more upside with him that lose at the end of his career. Um, clearly, the stay in Toronto wasn't entirely successful. It was good. It was a success. But like there were some problems there, like giving Matt Martin a crazy amount of money. Um, that didn't work out too well. Uh, there, there's other things that he's done that this kind of scratched the ears of, or the, the minds of Toronto fans going, why did he do that? Um, but overall, they're in the playoffs and they're getting better every year over year. So mm, we're not. No. But if my question, the most important question, I think, really, is if Lou Lamarillo comes, does that mean Nick Letty has to shave his beard? Yep. Peace out, Nick Letty's beard. Cal Clutter, not Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah, yeah I think the mustache would have Probably. to go. Um, who else? Andrew Ladd. He could probably use a like, nice five pounds off his face. Maybe that might help him. So maybe that would be a positive, actually. Yeah, that bird living in his beard could probably go. <laughs> that's Maybe that maybe that's a distraction. You know what? If Lou comes in and cures Andrew Ladd, I'm ready to staple, or not staple, but stamp, that's the one, success, right over his, his stay in, in the island. I don't care what else happens. If he could turn Andrew Ladd into a 20 and 60 or 50 point player, success. I don't care what else happens. I'm... Okay, I, I he might be mistaken. I thought Lad was clean shaven with Winnipeg, but it looks to be mm. incorrect. I think at the start of his tenure he was. Okay. So if we want to get Andrew Lad back to form, the goal is not only bringing Lou Lamarillo here because of his championship pedigree, but because of his ridiculous rules that will make people shave, and it's going to revert That's Andrew right. Lad back to form. We just fixed Andrew Lad. How do you like that? Done. Long term, long distance high five. There we go. Perfect. We are so lame. <laughs> Want to move on to topic number two? All right. Yes. This one's not necessarily a positive one either, but... <laughs> There's not a lot of positives, no. right? Um, last week, we talked about Sorokin a little bit, but I did the research because I was inspired from what we talked about. and Because I, I was curious to see how many Russian goalies who were drafted actually come over. So I looked at every draft from 2000 to 2017... And only five goalies have come over and played in the NHL. Wow. Of how many, you said? I I didn't look at how many it was, but there was definitely more who did not come. Right, obviously. So only only five five. came over. And only... uh, You can make the argument that two or three became quality. You have... Okay. Vasilevsky from he was drafted in 2012. You have Alexander Perchersky, who was an emergency goalie for the Penguins, was drafted in 2008, played one game in the NHL. Uh, Varlamov is a pretty good one. 2006, round mm-hmm. one. Uh, Kudobin in 2004, round seven. Uh, did he play? In yeah, Boston. a little yeah, bit. A few He's times. more of a backup role. And then lastly was Brzgalov. Oh, nice. So that, that's it. That's your list right there. But how many of those played in the K before coming over? I, I think they all came right over, mm-hmm. either in some AHL capacity or right into the NHL. Vasilevsky played one year in the K. And oh, okay. There was somebody else to I believe it was Varlamov played in the K uh, he played in the K sorry he played in the KHL during the lockout in 2012-2013 and he threatened he threatened okay. to go back when things weren't working out with the Capitals that's what it was right well that's fine because th- that's the issue that we have now with Sorokin is that he's not coming he says it's because of snow but money's definitely a factor as he's also indicated because he'd have to go into an ELC contract which at most in terms of at least AAV is 925 925,000 I think his salary can be higher than that obviously it could be like maybe 1.3 I'm not sure how the math works and he's obviously entitled to signing bonuses from there um, but he's making millions upon millions maybe not upon I'd say, like, let's say up to $4 million per year already. That's a hit. That's a hit. That's salary. Oh. That's a hit to come over, where you have these guys coming right from the draft making the nine twenty five or making the whatever AHL monies right away. The hit isn't there. So, like, the losses in terms of finances aren't, aren't, aren't really there anymore. No, and I don't blame him for a second. If, he, 
let's just say mm-hmm. four, let's use four million as the example because we don't know what it is, but let's just say that as the benchmark. You're not going to take three million and change less to play in another country that you're not familiar with when you could be playing in your home country and making four million dollars as opposed to not even one million dollars. It doesn't make any sense. I know that the NHL is the quote unquote prestige league. It's the most famous one that's followed, but if you're going to make less money, why go? And we talked about it last week too. He's one of the top goalies in the KHL. He would likely not be one of the top goalies in the NHL, at least not right away. No. And and I think to be fair to him, he also wants to control his future. He probably doesn't like the idea of if I go to the NHL, I have to go to the Islanders. Well, I could just wait a year and go to the NHL and have my pick. I might end up with them because I might like it. I doubt it. Um, or I can choose whatever team I want to. If he waits it out, then couldn't teams get in a bidding war for him? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's if he did ever come over to the NHL, that would be my guess to as what would happen. Yeah, I, I agree. So w- with that, I, I looked into how many. For the Islanders specifically when it came to Russians, Russian players and Russian goalies. So how many Russian goalies do you think the Islanders ever played or had, had ever played for the Islanders? I'm going to guess zero. Okay. That is correct. Some might say Yevgeny Nabokov and you would be incorrect because he was Kazakhstani. He was not Russian. Okay. Uh, how many Russian goalies do you think the Islanders ever drafted? Uh, four. One. Okay. Sorokin. More than that. The only Russian goalie they ever drafted. Um, how many they've they've drafted twenty two Russians overall, regardless of position. Eight within the first three rounds of the draft. A lot of them were like seventh or sixth or fourth, and I don't necessarily count them. Those are just flyers. And I'll I'll see what happens. But in your top three, you're generally really more concerned with who you're taking. Um, and only two played more than a season in the NHL in their NHL careers, not just with the Islanders in their careers in the NHL. That's not good. Can you guess who those players are? Mm. Two players who played more than a season in the NHL were drafted within the first three rounds and were Russian, and were drafted by the Islanders. Can you give me a year to help me out? Uh, I forget okay. the years. There, no, I didn't no, write no, that no, down. Uh, one ended up playing with the Penguins, and one ended up playing with the Montreal Canadiens. I don't know. Darius Kasparaitis played five years with the Islanders, and Vladimir Malikov played three years with the okay. Islanders. Those, so that's like your barometer for success and Russians and the Islanders. In that Venn diagram of success, Islanders, Russian, the crossover only has two names, and it's Kasparaitis Malikov. Yeah, that's... Uh... Not great, a hit rate. It's not great. I don't know how it compares to other teams, but already the barometer for the rating of success and how successful the Islanders might be in attracting Sorokin, or how interested they might even be, eh. No, I... My advice to Garth Snow is stop (laughs) drafting European players that you know that aren't going to come over here. Well... He wait, what round did he draft Sorokin in? Third. Was it in the second third. round? In the third round? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of all right, I guess. If you think he might, why not? You're what? You're what are you wasting a third round pick on it? I, I get the risk. I get it. Um, maybe he's just not a good negotiator. I, well, I think we've learned that. Which we've seen. Look at his yeah, contracts. We've learned that. Definitely, but um, I really don't think he's coming. That's the main point, though. No, I don't. The main point either. I wanted to get out of this was history says <laughs> that Sorokin will not play in the NHL. Did you need history to tell you that, though? Or is that just like confirmation? No, bias? I was just like, I was curious to see what the likelihood actually was. And it pretty much just confirmed that, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. I think that was an important, interesting thing to to look at. But yeah, I think just like you said, it confirms what we already thought. Sorokin. No, it was more out of curiosity, he's not. to be honest with you. Yeah, and if he is, it's when he can he can negotiate his own contract and make the money he wants to make. I really do, and he probably just doesn't want to play for the Islanders. And can you blame him? Most of the NHL doesn't want to play for the Islanders. Look at the no trade list. The Islanders are always one of the teams on that no trade list. 
Yeah, it's funny how things usually just work out that way, isn't it, Mitch? Is it no. funny, though? Is it? Or does it make absolute sense? No, it... Is it just rational? It's probably rational. <laughs> it's very rational. Ah, oh, Lord. Speaking of rational, not really rational. I don't like think this is rational at all. No, it's not. John Tavares to the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm doing like my daughter today. Blah. Hey, have you ever cried so much that you ended up throwing up? Is that, is that something you've ever <laughs> I done? Like that's the thing little kids do. Because that's something my daughter did four times today. Unreal. Hey, do you want your water? No, I'm going to go cry about it, though, and I'll, I'll let you know when I throw up on the carpet. Thanks. It sounds like you had a really good day, Mitch. Oh, I, I was at work. It was great for me. My wife was at home, so I was fine with it. It's just, yeah, troubles. Sorry, Mrs. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... I forget who came up with this concoction, but the po- I don't like it. That's the point. I don't. I don't like it. I don't want to think about it. I. I don't think it matters. It wasn't anyone with any sort of credentials or speaking on any any sort of authority. It was just like a think piece somewhere that the Pittsburgh Penguins should chase to. There's no way they can clear up that kind of cap space for it, right? When you're already paying Malkin um, and Crosby that kind of money. Well, you obviously have to make some moves, but it's possible. Like, if they move Carl Hagelin, they can make space for it. Or if they move Justin Schultz, you know, they make a trade to Edmonton saying, give me your 10th overall pick, and I'll give you Justin Schultz back. That's 5.5 off the cap. Plus the 5 that's probably going to be coming into the NHL in terms of the cap next year. You got $10.5 million. Is that enough to entice Tavares to play with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and Matt Murray? Yeah. I mean, yes, but you're... Kinds of screwed after that. You can't really make it. They don't have a... Do you care? Do you care? I guess not. You have Sidney Crosby, John Tavares, and Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and Matt Murray. Mm. Fair point. But after 2019-20, Matt Murray needs a new contract. So you only... We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens when so when you we only get care there. about a two year window, pretty much. If you can get another two cups in two years, that's four and five. That's insane. That's insane. That's like Edmonton Oilers nineteen eighties nineteen yeah nine, late eighteen nineteen eighties edition, if not better. Yeah. No, you're. I'm. I'm looking at their cap friendly, so it's not like that. I'm disengaged with this conversation. I'm just trying to see if they're. Is a way for it to happen. There's absolutely a way. There's a way it can be done. There's always a way it can be done. Um, there's obviously a, a bunch of counter arguments there, though. Like, there, there are valid counter arguments. Um, first off, does Tavares want to go to Pittsburgh specifically? Because you got to think of it. He's a center. He probably wants to play center. So, does he play third fiddle to Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby? Well, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Why would I want to do that? I'm going to go somewhere where I'm going to get max 15 to 20 minutes, where I can get 20 to 25 minutes with the Islanders. Probably around the 20, but I can get all the minutes I want with the Islanders. Or am I getting my 20 to 25 and I'm playing wing? Well, I don't really want to play wing. I'm not a winger. I'm a center. But I guess it all depends on how much John Tavares cares about winning. If you want, if his main goal is to win a cup, then you do the Kevin Durant move to the Golden State Warriors. So that brings me to my next point. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you very much. Is how does a league feel about a super team? Because that's what they are going to be. If they're a super team, just like I said, the second you, if you get Tavares, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Murray on the same team, that's it. You're a Stanley Cup favorite. That's like where wherever LeBron James goes, that is a finals favorite. They're bound to make the finals. You can almost lock it in at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why I don't like the NBA and I like the NHL is because it's a little unpredictable, especially come to playoff time. You don't know what's going to happen each round, yeah. whereas in the NBA, you can pretty much pencil in who's going to be in the finals in October, November. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think we are going to see a super team pretty much just because we haven't really seen one yet. Yes, the Penguins have won back-to-back cups. They 
aren't going to three-peat this year because they've already been eliminated. But I wouldn't necessarily consider them a super team. They have superstars, but no. they're not a super yes. team. It's not like you said, a team that come opening opening day of the season, you're going, well, the Penguins are making it to the finals. Uh, let's just skip over whatever happens for these 82 games. Or actually not. Let's let's just skip over the playoffs. Let's just fast forward to the finals because who cares? Um, that's not what happens. But if they got John Tavares, it would. So what do you what do you think is the reason that we don't get a super team? Is it because it would be too difficult for them to do? Or is it because um, Tavares wouldn't want to go? And and P.S., I remember who, who brought this up, so I'll bring it up in a second. I don't think Tavares would want to go because I think he wants to play center. I, I think he cares about winning, but I also think that he wants to play center, and I don't think he wants to be the third center anywhere. I think he wants to be the guy That's right. if he's going to go somewhere. That's right. I think he wants to win. He, Of course he wants to win, um, but he wants to do it on his terms, where it's his doing. He understands that he can win with, with Pittsburgh or wherever else, um, or with another team with just as many stars on it. But is it really because of him, or is he just a cog in the machine? Right At this point, he's going to establish superpower um, to just kind of help them a little bit more. Well, is that is this team winning because of me, or is this team winning and I just kind of helped it a little bit? Right, because that's the thing. If if he did go to Pittsburgh, yes, his presence obviously helps and puts him over the top. But can you say he is the main reason why they would win? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this came about from Elliot Friedman, who is a connected and, and trustworthy source. But he was just musing in his 31 thoughts saying, I have to think that, um, what was it, uh, Jim Rutherford is staying up late at night trying to see if he can get this Tavares to work. He just like threw that out there. Eh, whatever, I got nothing better to do today, so I'm gonna irritate Islanders fans. It worked. Boom, and it got a, it got us. It talking. worked. Yeah, exactly. So good on you, Elliot Friedman. Um, I was scared for my life for about five seconds, and then I was like, Nah, I don't think it'll happen. I can see how it would, uh, but I don't. I don't think Tavares would. Do, I don't think he would do no, it. I. That does not scream John Tavares. I sure. I sure as God hope he doesn't. No. <laughs> I definitely. I definitely don't either. Um, you had another interesting one that I wanted to get into for the long topic. So okay. you made the connection saying, what if the NHL was like the NFL and you can just cut players? Mm-hmm. And I'm intrigued, Mitch. Okay. I very much would like that to be a possibility in the NHL because I can <laughs> think of a few players off the top of my head who I would immediately cut and not think twice about. Perfect. Well, let's get into it. Um, So how do you want me to proceed with this? Do you want me to tell you why I thought of this and how it works? And then we'll go through our, our, who we want in and out. So the idea is that you take the roster as it's currently constructed with their current cap hits and everything. uh, And you cut it down to a 23 man active roster. That's it. Um, Now who makes it onto the roster? Obviously, anyone who's on there now, but I've already I've also projected people who should make the team next year. Um, so I've added uh, Kiefer Bellows and Josh Hosang, and I've also added Sebastian Aho and Chris Gibson for next year. Okay. So that means as forwards, we got Tavares, Ladd, Bailey, Eberle, Bo, Barzal, Lee, Clutterbuck, Sezikis, Johnson, Nelson, Kuhlman, Wagner, Hosang, Bellows, Quine, Prince. Quite a bit. Wow. On defense, we got Letty, Boychuk, Dahan, Hickey, Aho, Davidson, Pulak, Pelek, Taves. I also added him. Mayfield, Seidenberg. And then goaltenders, we got the three Grice, Soderstrom, and Gibson. Or, and Halak, sorry. Okay. So now the idea is to, you. That's I believe that's um, 34 names. So you got to cut that down by nine. Or 32 names. Sorry, that's 32 names. You got to cut it down by nine. Okay, so we're getting rid of nine. That's right. Let's start with the forwards. Let's tackle that group first. Okay, I think we got our consensus number one cut. The first cut we'd make, consensus Andrew is... Ladd. Go for it. Yeah, of course, easily. No questions no. asked. Um, He would be... If it was in the NFL, he would be cut by now. He wouldn't make it to OTAs. No, he would not make it to OTAs. It'd be, it's actually almost an identical situation to what happened with the Jets and Muhammad Wilkerson. He was one of the most highest-played players in the NFL... Uh, they signed him after 2015, so he played two years, 
and underperformed, and they said, okay, well, we don't want to pay the rest of your contract. We're going to cut you, which is exactly what happened, and that's exactly what the Islanders wish they could do with Andrew Ladd. Yeah, exactly. Just cut, done. Cut bait with that. That contract is way too long. Um, but the idea here isn't that how long the contract is. It's really just because, again, we're going to get into Kulam in a bit later. Uh, it's really just how much you're paying for that player now and assume that that's going on forever. Or maybe not forever, but at least until next year. Do you keep that player on your team? Is he bringing enough to keep no. him in? Exactly. Cut. Um, I, Almost regardless of the contract, Lad is a cut. Agreed. I would say <laughs> Clutterbuck. Okay, I don't have Clutter on my list. Why Why do you have Clutterbuck as a cut? Because he's not worth $3.5 million. But is he worth is he worth in terms of production more than someone else coming in? Like you replace him with who? Um, See, that was my conundrum. Going if I if I cut him out, who's going in his place? Chris Wagner. I much prefer Cal Clutterbuck than Chris Wagner. Quine. Okay, fine. I can live with that. Quine's probably a better fourth line center, but he's fine on the wing on the fourth line. I can. I guess Quine for a little over half half a million dollars. Six, she makes yeah. six hundred twelve point five thousand. But again, don't just get lost in the cap. The cap is definitely something to think about. But also get get into like the amount that you're getting. What what are you getting out of that player? Okay. So Clutterbuck is still going to bring you twenty twenty five points. Is Quine going to bring that? And if not, can you make it up somewhere else in the roster? Uh, I think you're making it up when you're replacing Bellos for or replacing Lad for Bellos. So then there you go. I'm fine with that. Okay. Then. Oh, this is because I'm judge and jury here. That's, that's all that matters. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Kuhlman's got to go. Of course, easily, easily Kuhlman's got to go. Um, like, I think that's an easy one. That's a slam dunk right there. Uh, I don't want to cut any more. I might have to jump around because I gotta see who else we gotta go. Okay, fair enough. How you fit in your roster? So so far you got Lad, Kuhlman, and Clutterbuck. You got another six names to take out. Keep in mind there are four goalies on this list. I don't know if you're um, like Gar Snow and loving goalies, I'm but scrolling down to, I'm gonna see. Yeah, cut some names there. Halak and Gibson. Yep, easily. So why, why do you cut Halak? I understand why we cut Gibson, but why Halak? Why Halak over Grice, I guess, is the real question. Sure, yeah, that's a good question. I ju- at this point, I just don't think it's worth it with Yaroslav Halak. There's just been a, it's been a rocky relationship the last few years, and I think it's just time to cut ties. I completely agree. I, I think that the upside that Grice could give is better than the upside that Halak can give. Grice will never be a starter. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I think he will be too. He's getting $3.3 million to never be a starter. Uh, sorry, 6.6. Uh, but with Halak, he has to be a starter, and he's just not. He's not starter material. So, out you go. Uh, so, you're five, at five. Okay. you got four names to go. Seidenberg. Yeah, that's a slam dunk. I don't even think we need to justify that. Davidson. So, Okay, Okay. let's go over who else you're, you're cutting, and then we'll get to that. Over David's okay, so I have two more. You have yeah. So you have three forwards, two goalies. You cut Seidenberg. You're at six. You just cut Davidson. You're at seven. You got two more names to cut. Mm-hmm. See, like it, it gets yeah. tougher there because you're you're probably stuck in. Who do I want to keep in my bottom pairing def- defense? That's probably where you're at right now. Do I keep Pelek, Mayfield, or Aho? I think is probably the debate you're having in your head and you're not sure. Maybe even Hickey. You might even throw Hickey into that uh, mix. So Pelic, Mayfield, Hickey, Aho. I'm cutting Mayfield. Yeah, so that's, that's who I cut as well. And then... Um, I gotta go back to forward. You probably want to... Yeah. I'll go uh, Chris Wagner. That's fair. It just makes sense. Like, yeah, that fourth line... You now have Sezekis, Johnson, Quine. and Quine. Yeah. 
that's a pretty good fourth line. It's not great, but it's a fourth line. It's just to shut down, apply pressure. Those are three capable players of doing that. Your top six is locked. There's no question there. And your third line is probably uh, Hosang, Nelson, Bellows, right? Hosang, uh, yes, yes, that's what it is, yes. Yeah. So then when it comes to your defense, you have Letty Boychuk, who you throw on your, your third pair. Oh, I know stop. you do. Um, what you do, you I always do. said that with Boychuk. That's your play Letty. next year. All right. That's who I said? Did, did I say Letty? Letty and Boychuk on the third pair. Oh, geez. Sorry. No, I meant Boychuk. Sorry. Okay. I was not trying to be facetious <laughs> no, there at the all. Pair. No. So you got Letty Boychuk left, Dahan Hickey Aho, Pulak Pelek Taze. So you got eight D. Uh, you only need six. So that's two that you're benching. I would say right off the top of the season, Hikiaho is probably the guys that you're benching on like opening night. Uh yeah, probably. I'd probably go Dahan Pulak and then. Uh... So who's your top two? The top pair. Yeah, is Letty Boychuk and then Dahan. Uh... Pulak, and then I guess my last pair is Pelik and Taze. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say, make the right choice, Matt. Make the right choice. And you did. Of course. Like, that's what anyone would do. Now, the question here is that, is this a better lineup? Because we didn't introduce trades into this situation whatsoever. We've just cut it down to who we think is the best lineup based on the roster. Which is still... Probably not a great roster, defensively at least. Forwards, Forwards are, are pretty good, great... even though you could probably yell and scream about Brock Nelson all you want. Yeah, we hear you. We get it, but we're not talking about trades in this yeah, situation. For, yes. As just this exercise of what we're working with here, I think that's about as good as you're going to get. Agreed. Um, the only other issue then is goaltending. Can you trust Soderstrom to start 30, 40, 50 games? Not exactly. So then what do you do there? That That's when we get into trade talks or free agent talks. Um, but in terms of the roster, that's what I would go with. If I can't make trades or free agent signings, that's where I go with. That's that's my best lineup without going outside of the, the, the current roster. Yeah, I think I don't think you can really make too many cases for keeping other players or inserting other guys is a lot of maybe clutterbuck like you said for just that on the fourth line if you're not worrying about cap too much i think you can make the case for picking another defenseman uh for your bottom six which is fine but goaltending wise we know it's not going to be good but i think grice soderstrom is probably your best bet for a pair yeah i completely agree Totally. That was a fun exercise, Mitch. I, we had a little fun yeah. going in through, cutting people. If only that was, we could really do that. I wish it was a lot harder. Right? Like, I wish we had so much quality that it wasn't, like, we came up with the same names. Sure, Clutterbuck wasn't the same, but everything else was pretty much the same. Actually, it was exactly the same outside of Clutterbuck. Yeah. Because I cut Prince instead of Clutterbuck. Okay. I Yeah, I could see that. So like in my on my scratch pad, I've got Quine and two defensemen. You've got Prince on your scratch pad, which is fine. That's fine. He's a good third third line guy. But it, that that exercise was too easy because there's so much dead weight on this team. Yeah, there is a lot of dead weight on this team, which is scary. Like Andrew Ladd is being paid as a first line player, and he's the first person we cut, <laughs> the first person off that list without hesitation. That's so sad. I just I just realized that he was supposed to be a first line left winger, and two years later he'd be the first guy cut. Yeah, first guy cut, not even worth putting on the fourth line. No, 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 no. no. But he's got good Corsi numbers. He's got great Corsi numbers this year, even away from from Barzal. Um, but he's not adding anything production-wise, and that Corsi possession play didn't really help the Islanders win games, which is the ultimate no, goal. They missed so, the last by 17 points. That clearly wasn't yeah. helping. So, not so Cutzo, Cutzo City, USA. Andrew Ladd, thank you very much. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. Take your five million and go home. Five point five million. Oh my god. I wish. I wish they could somehow get out of that contract, but I don't think there's a way uh 2020 2020 they'll have buyouts yay 
right. <laughs> Want to yeah. get into the social segment? Yeah, sure. It's not going to get too much more uplifting from... Oh, no, I'll, I'll throw the one uplifting right, one first. How it. about that? So on May 11th, Butch Goring tweeted, uh, nothing better than celebrating a hole-in-one at the 7th at Tam O'Shanter, whatever the heck that is, golf club. Matt Martin, Nick Letty, and Kimber Auerbach were th- watched in amazement. Congrats to you, Butchie, for getting a hole-in-one. We didn't see it happen, so I don't know. Did it really happen? Chip that... Yeah, he chipped and chased it right into the cup, that's for sure. <laughs> he chipped and chased it right into the cup. Okay, I like that. What else we got? Uh, I've got uh, YesUV tweeted just yesterday. So you know it's going to be a cynical one. I thought it was pretty funny and kind of sobering. It takes 16 wins in the playoffs to win the cup. The Islanders won 16 games from December 16th to April 7th. I completed the evaluation. I had that one too. That's pretty bad. I, That's really bad. I had that same tweet. Yeah. Did you really? Oh. <laughs> uh, Think about uh, that. Between mid-April to mid-June, so three months-ish, teams play almost every other night, and they need 16 wins to win the cup. The Islanders couldn't do that in almost four months. Not good. Not, not good. That's really, really CC bad. the Islanders on that tweet. Okay. He did. He Or he or she, I don't know. He or she added the Islanders. So, good tweet by you, Yes UV. Good tweet. Did you have anything else? Or was that... That's okay. all I had. The last thing that I wanted to do was just go over our little playoff bracket and see how we're looking. Ah. God, Jesus, Murphy, Matt, every time, every week. We All right, have, we have how to we go looking? over the playoffs. You know this. I'm still looking okay, You're though. You're looking okay. Not great. You have the, you have the Capitals as your cup yeah. champion. They're up 2-1 in a conference final over Tampa Bay. They lost game three, so hopefully they're yeah, well, back down to earth now at this point. For me, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully not. My Stanley Cup champion was bounced in the second round, so... All, all I'm rooting for is for Vegas to get to the final because I would like my Western Conference pick to be correct. And then if you know what, if Tampa Bay moves on and plays, then I'll be like, okay, I got, I just picked the wrong Atlantic team. That's all. Right. Um, I like the narrative that Greg Wyshynski keeps bringing up vis-a-vis the Washington Capitals, okay. whereas they they they've progressed through the playoffs and they they, they finally slayed the dragon of the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But the final boss still awaits, and the final boss is George McPhee and Marc Andre Fleury. Fleury is the last remaining Pittsburgh Penguin to be to, to to stay alive in the playoffs, and the one guy that they just couldn't beat in the playoffs. Wouldn't Ooh. it be perfect if they did so against the Golden Knights, who are, are run by their former GM and their former tormentor in Marc Andre Fleury? How cool would that be if the Washington Capitals pulled it off in the Stanley Cup? Finals against the Golden I would Knights. like that storyline a lot. The Capitals Golden Knights. I completely agree. I I like how he framed it as like the final boss and like they had to slay that that one last bit, whereas the the one final tormentor. It just it really added that that sense of finality. That's to it. true. I also think it would have been interesting if it was Pittsburgh Vegas because it's kind of like they gave up on Flory and went with the young kid Murray. So I think that would have been mm-hmm. interesting too. Uh, but I definitely like this one that you brought up with the Capitals because, like you said, it's their old GM, and it's also the guy who's gave, given them so much trouble over the years as well in Marc-Andre Fleury, just in a different uniform. That's right. Yeah, so that would be fantastic. Right. And the Western Conference, the Jets and Golden Knights are tied at one game apiece. And they're playing tonight. I don't know what the score is. I, th- I saw that Marshall scored. That's all I know. Uh, okay, let's look it up. I don't we are recording update. on Wednesday night. It's about 10 o'clock, and it is one nothing Vegas at the end of the first. There you go. With Marshall so with his millionth goal of the year. Take that, Florida. <laughs> they lost him and Riley Smith. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a dumb organization. Uh, remember when Riley Smith almost murdered us in the first round? I do. I hate him yes. for it. I'll never forget no, him. I will never forget um, them. No, never. He. Oh man, he had our number that year. My he did. God, in that series, he went off. He definitely did. Unbelievable. All right, Mitch. I think that's another episode in the books. That's that seems to be all we got for episode mm-hmm. number thirty-nine. It was a. F- Sorry, I'm taking a swig of my beer at the same time. That's there. okay. You had a long day. You had barfing kids. 
And I didn't. Again, I didn't do nothing. It, all all the love for that goes to my wife. I I, I came home and the mess was already clean. Oh, Just came home to an exacerbated also, wife. Tough look for Canada today with the scene at the Tim Hortons, the viral video. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was so gross. I showed it to my wife and she's oh oh god oh god no that's so if, gross. If it's my wife isn't on Twitter, so this is all news to her at like eight o'clock at oh, night. No, this was this was my entertainment all day. If you're on Twitter, just search Tim Hortons, and you'll know exactly where it's. Yeah, just about. <laughs> tough look for Canada, my friend. Yeah, tough look. Hey, they're in the states now, so we don't know. <laughs> all right, so make sure to follow along with us here at Eyes and Isles on social media on Twitter at Eyes and Isles FS. My personal Twitter account is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Be sure to give us a like on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash eyes on aisles and be sure to head to the website for all your New York Islanders needs. Eyes on Mitch, another episode in the books. Mm, have a good week, buddy. Hopefully the Washington Capitals can pull it through. I certainly hope so. So we can get that storyline. Mm, that'd be so tasty. You've been listening to episode number 39 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.